Today we're going to continue in our Kingdom Manifesto series. Uh, I have really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed going through this series, um, literally verse by verse by verse. We're, we're going through the entire chapters of Matthew there, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we're going through this Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it is just wonderful to get to go to. And last week, we took a little bit of a break to go into Easter, which how many of you guys had an amazing Easter here at Northwood? Wow. We had this place packed, and people were just loving on Jesus. And we were that Jesus was loving on them. It was a great time. But two weeks ago, we did have a time where Pastor Jordan brought us a message here talking about judging versus judgmentalism. And this week, we're going to be talking about the heart of dependence. The heart of dependence is where we're going to be at this week. In chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount has kind of explained uh, to Jesus' followers the lifestyle and the life attitudes that he expected from them. It was kind of the how to be a Christian 101. You know, the, the how to be a Christian for dummies kind of scenario. Remember those books were coming out. It's, he was just telling us all. He's giving us a lot of information in these three chapters that he's, that he's going through. And he's, he's telling them what they have expected. And some people thought that what Jesus was saying in this time, some people thought what he was saying, that this is kind of impossible. We can't do that. There's, there's no way in the world that we can come and we can adhere to what you're saying, right? It doesn't even make sense. I don't understand, but Jesus gives the answer to these thoughts in what we're going to talk about today. He gives them a really short, sweet, quick answer. It says, ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. The ability to live for God, the ability to live for him in the way that he wants for it, it's just simply a prayer away. Simply a prayer away. And in this life, a lot of you are probably thinking, nah, it's not really that easy. And I've said a long time, I say, I think living for God can be very easy because he gives us simple things like this, but it is very tough. There are things that we're going to go through and there's things that we deal with. There are things that God is asking of us in this, in this, mess, in this sermon that he's preaching and that he's teaching that are tough things. But if we can begin to get this into our spirit, we can begin to get this idea of ask, seek, and to knock. If we can begin to develop that inside of us, those things, that they start to, the speed bumps are no longer speed bumps. They're just little dips. And life begins to take on a smoother plane for us. So let's just jump right into this. Chapter 7, verse 7, in the book of Matthew says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. These verbs, I don't know, when I'm thinking about prayer, I'm not thinking about knocking on something. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking about knocking while I'm trying to pray. Uh, it, it, it almost doesn't seem to equate to what he's saying when we're talking about prayer. It doesn't really seem to kind of come up, but he's kind of using this metaphor to, to teach us the layers and the kind of the steps and the pattern of prayer. When we were studying this, this uh, for this message, we were talking about, there's an example of donuts. How many of you like donuts? <laughs> He's like, right here, I want donuts. That's me. That's me. I remember when I was a kid, there was this little, little diner type thing that my, my mom would go get donuts. And they were not even glazed donuts. They were like, they were plain on the outside, but they, had, they were cream filled. Like we call them cream puffs. I don't know what they call them down here. But back home, we called them cream puffs. There was no glaze or anything on it. But it was the best donut ever. And I would sit, I'd like, so for me, donuts brings back this childhood memory of my mom bringing me this white paper bag of donuts. And we loved them. 
I still do. And I wish they were still there, but they're not. But there's this picture of donuts and say, I'd like to bring donuts home. And I'm gonna, I may come and I say, honey, where are the donuts? I'm going to ask my wife, where are the donuts? She's going to say, well, you were exactly where they're supposed to be in the pantry where I put them. So now I'm going to go seek out those donuts in the pantry. I'm going to find those donuts. I'm going to look just like every man does when we go to the refrigerator or the pantry. <laughs> Honey, where are my donuts? Because I can't find what's in front of my face most of the time. She's going to say, you probably need to go check with one of your kids. So I am now going to go knock on my kid's door, tell him, give me my dog on donuts. <laughs> give me my donuts. It's this progression that he's talking about. I'm going to ask, then I'm going to seek, and now I'm going to go knock, and I'm going to find my donuts one way or the other. And this is this progression that Jesus is painting of persistent prayer. This picture of persistent prayer. I don't use a lot of English terminology like you're talking about verbs and adverbs, but I do use this because I wanted to make my wife happy because she loves them. So in this, these Greek words, they're written in the present imperative tense. They're written in the present imperative tense that implies a continuation, that implies that it continues. So it's saying that you should ask, keep asking. Seek and keep seeking, to knock, and to keep knocking. This is a continual process for us. This is to become a lifestyle for us, to where prayer and that pattern of prayer and that pattern to go and continue to do, to continue to ask, seek, and knock becomes a lifestyle for the believer. It is a lifestyle for us to live to continue to do so. I know sometimes when my child continues, hey, I won't can you get me dessert? Hey, can you get dessert? Hey, and sometimes it gets annoying, but let me tell you today, you are not annoying God. You're not annoying God by continuing to ask because Jesus is encouraging this. Jesus is encouraging a persistent prayer life, a persistent prayer life. You're not going to annoy him by asking him again. You're not going to annoy him by asking him the same thing that you asked him before, that you screwed up and you failed and you can't do it again. You're not going to annoy him by asking him again. You will not annoy him in that. It's not like you're knocking on some stranger's door. You know, you go to a stranger, your neighbor's door and you want to, maybe you want to borrow something. You need that one cup of milk and the Dollar General is closed. Because we know there's a Dollar General in every corner around here. You need something and you want to, man, I really don't want to bother them. I, I don't, man, what if he says no or what, what if he's, what if I wake him up? What if he's asleep already? What if it's your parents' door, though? You're going to knock till that door falls off the hinges because you know that they are there. My mother-in-law lives behind us. I see her car, and sometimes I'm, I knock, like, I look in the door, I'm like, I know she is, I know you're in there, Diane, I know, come here. I'm going to knock because I know they're there. I have no, there's no fear, there's no reservations. I know when she's going to answer the door that she's going to help me with whatever it is I need. 
And he, this is what Jesus is kind of you know, encouraging us to do, to be persistent in our prayer, to continue to ask, to seek, to knock, and to come with confidence knowing that he is going to be there. Some of us think because he already knows our hearts and minds that we shouldn't continually ask. So let's kind of get this idea that he already knows it. Why do I need to keep on asking? I've already asked him one time. If he even knows our hearts and minds, why do I pray at all? Maybe that's the pattern we go. But even Jesus himself presented the pattern that we should pray. That we should pray. And our prayer and our persistence of prayer speaks to our posture, which should be one of humility. It speaks to our posture, which is a posture of humility. Because ultimately prayer, it's a humble admission of need. It's a humble admission of need. It's me coming. I don't ask of something because I don't need If I'm asking something of you, I'm saying, you know what? I'm not capable maybe of myself. I'm not able to do this. I don't know how to do this. It's a humble admission saying, I need you. I need you. God, I need you to do something here. God, I need your direction in my life. God, I need you to help me with this particular situation. God, I need you to give me wisdom as how to address this situation. God, I need you to save me. Prayer is a humble admission of need. And it's a place where, and this need reflects our dependence. That's our message today, the heart of dependence. Prayer displays that this heart is in a state of dependence of him. It's in a state of dependence. And many of us don't, we don't really like that word. We don't like the word dependence. We want to be independent. We want to do it ourselves. We want to be able to do it ourselves. I don't need you. I don't need your stuff. I don't need your help. I can do it on my own. How many of you ever said that before? I (laughs) I see some heads shaking. I'm like, yeah. Especially us men. We don't like to, to, to admit that we can't do it. We don't like to admit that we can't fix it or that we can't take care of it. I got it. I've got it. I can handle this. I can do it on my own. And prayer says, I need you. Prayer says that I need him. It's a challenging word that we're dealing with. But when we're praying, we're saying that I'm dependent on God, and he is my source. He's my source. And I'm not too proud to admit I need a little help. I need some help. Look at verse 8. For everyone who asks receives And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. When we read these verses like this, we can sometimes have trouble reconciling this scripture. We can have trouble reconciling this with our own experiences. We have trouble with that. God, you said if you ask, you'll receive, and if you seek, you'll find. God, you said this, but we've all had prayers, and we've all have prayed for things, and we've asked and believed that God would do something that we wanted. To answer the way that we want it. And God didn't answer it that way. We asked for a specific outcome. I asked for this person to be healed. I asked for this to come about. I needed you to do this way. And we kind of twist that scripture to look that way because it didn't work that way. And it's hard for us to reconcile. If you've been serving God long enough, we've had plenty of those prayers. You've had plenty of those moments and times. Maybe you haven't been serving God. Maybe it was that moment that you asked and God didn't answer it the way you wanted and you just maybe failed to believe 
So how does God answer prayer? How does he answer that prayer? When you're we're praying, how does he answer? Every prayer that you pray, God answers. Every single prayer that you pray, God answers. That answer may be yes. The answer may be no. Maybe not yet. That's probably the hardest of all of them. <laughs> not yet, son. Not yet. God is going to answer, and God will answer your prayers, but his, his answers may be yes, no, or not yet. And all of those are good answers, and all of them are appropriate answers. They're all good, and they're all appropriate. One guy said it this way, it is, it is a great mercy to us and to the world that we do not get all that we ask. <laughs> I love it. Like all the people in the room are like, oh, yep, I've prayed some really bad ones sometimes. Now I really messed that one up if that one had come true. That would have been awful. I would have married the wrong girl. You know, all those things are coming out, right? We would have prayed for, the, we prayed for some weird stuff. We prayed for some things that God, if we got everything that we asked for, the way we asked for it and how we asked for it, it's a great mercy to us that God did not answer them the way that we wanted to. Here's the way we said, God's best for us isn't always yes. That's one to remember. God's best for you is not always a yes. God's best for you is not always, okay, son, here it is. Okay, daughter, here. That's not God's best for you. There's more, there's better, there's things that will be better for us if we will be able to see that. At the end of the day, it's really about God's will. It's really about what God's will is for us. He teaches this, this, this to us just prior in chapter 6. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's what he's teaching us in this prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This is his pattern for prayer that he's teaching us. Thy will be done in our life. I love that my wife has taught our daughter at the very young age, and now we'll be getting into our son, to teach her that prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done be done, to teach her that, that this is the, thy will be done in my life. So only through prayer can believers stay in contact with God and know what he wants them to do and then have the strength to do God's will in all areas of life. Only through prayer can we continue to stay in contact with him and have the strength to follow through that, the strength to follow through the things that we're going through, the, the strength to follow through God's will when things aren't going our way. You know, we can't take this scripture of everyone who asks receives. We can't take this scripture into the context of this is just some blank check that we write to God and he returns it back to us. It's not just some blank check that we magically obtain whatever we want because we asked it. Be careful not to get to draw into that thing of we ask for something and you need to give me what I want. That's not the way the scripture is written. That's not what he's saying and that's not the heart of God for your life because he was not going to give you everything like that. Sometimes his best for you is not always yes. Our request must be made in harmony with God's will. Our request must be made in harmony with God's will in our life. Here's the way E. Stanley Jones says this. Prayer is surrender. Prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God in cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, 
Do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but aligning of my will to the will of God. That's some powerful, powerful stuff. This illustration of me, I'm in this boat and I got this anchor and I chunk it to the shore. Is that shore now coming to me? Am I now pulling God to what I want? Or am I somehow pulling myself in line with the Father? Am I pulling myself into alignment with him? Am I pulling myself into alignment of God's will? Am I submitting myself to the fact that, listen, I'm coming, where I'm just coming. Our prayers are not what's just pulling God to us. It is aligning ourselves to God. And it's aligning to the point that we trust God has our best interest at hand. It's trusting that God has our best interest, that he knows what's there. However, when we understand the character of God, it helps us to trust his answer. It helps us to trust. When we understand that there's this thing, this, continue with the analogy, there's this island or this shore that is Jesus, that is firm, that is solid, that I can trust. And I throw that anchor and I'm pulling, I can trust that that thing is going to be there. I can trust that he is going to put me in the right space. And I can begin to understand that that island, that place, that's a place that's good. That's, that I'm pulling towards it because that's safe. You can begin to trust and understand the character of God. It helps us to trust his answer. That's why being in the word of God is so important. That's why being in prayer is so important. That's why being in a, in a community with the believers, that's why be, you know, listening to the right things and, and beginning to understand the character of God and beginning to put that in us, that we begin to understand who he is and it helps us to trust his answer. So when it's no, God, I trust you. When his answer is not yet, just, just, just hold on, not yet, we can trust him. We begin to understand more and more about who he is. Verse 9, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I love to give gifts to my children. I am, I'm a dad, and I, I love it. I don't always give them everything they want. Sometimes they're like, you know, Dad, I want, I want a snack. It's 5 o'clock. We're eating at 6. Hang tight. <laughs> My daughter is a eating machine. She just eats and eats and eats, always wants a snack, always wants dessert, always, always, always. So I'm going to tell her at 5 o'clock, no, just hang tight, babe. We're going to eat dinner shortly. Mom works on Saturdays. So is Daddy daycare on Saturdays. I have three beautiful children, 13, 6, and 2. They all have different needs, different wants, different things. One's screaming, one's hollering, one just wants to be left alone. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on in our house. But on Saturday, when they look at Dad and say, Dad, can we go out to eat? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. And it's not like, no, we're going to go eat broccoli. and what. No, it's like, Dad, can I have corn dogs and milkshake? Yes, sir, you can have a corn dog and milkshake. <laughs> Dunk it in there if you want to. I don't care. Dad, can I eat on the porch? Yes, you can eat on the porch. 
My two-year-old, now he likes to be, like, he likes to take off all his clothes for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Don't care. I'm going to give you things. <laughs> and sometimes, like this past Saturday, we went, you know, every once in a while you got to do the Gulfport thing, go to Rebel Dip, you know? You got to go get you. My daughter wants a corn dog. I just look back there. She told me she wanted the corn dog. And I'm just going to look back and say, you want a milkshake too? I don't care. I'm going to give. I, she didn't ask for it. I just wanted to give. <laughs> I did kind of want a sip of that milkshake, I guess. You know how we do. You want a milkshake? Well, I don't really know what kind I want. Well, I like caramel. You know, you got that little thing of, I, yeah, I like caramel. <laughs> you do too. We like to give good gifts to our children. I love to give good gifts to my children. I love to see the smiles on their faces. And he says here, if we as sinful human beings love to give good gifts to our children, how much more does our Heavenly Father want to give good gifts to us? How much more does that please him to give us good things? One commentary says it this way. He says, God is not stingy. We don't have to beg or to grovel when it comes to our request for him. We can ask and we seek and we knock, but we don't have to beg and grovel necessarily. He's not stingy. He wants to give good gifts. And God is good. God is good. But he's not good because of what he gives. He's give good because of who he is. He's good because of who he is and because of the character of God. That is why God is good. So we look that through. God is not good because of who, what he gives. So his goodness is not tied to our circumstances or what he gives us. His goodness isn't tied to whether we get what we want. His goodness is there. His goodness is always there. Regardless of what we want, regardless of the circumstances, regardless if we get it the way we ask for it, he is good. He does his part to be good. Our part is simply to pray. Our part is simply to come to him and to pray and to ask, seek, and knock. So what are these good things? You know, he says, and again, verse 11, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things? What are good things? What we consider good is not always what is good. What we consider to be good here on earth is not always what's good in heaven. There is the difference between the, what, is, what is good eternally for us and the eternal picture and the eternal path and the eternal trajectory of our life versus the immediate, the moment, this temporal thing that we might want. What is good there is different because it's easy for us to assume that these good things that we're talking about, these good things that he is supposed to give us, we're easy to think those are supposed to be just blessings. We think those are just blessings, but when things happen and when tragedy happens and things hit harder, we think that, oh, well, it's not good things. And we begin to twist that around and we begin to change, you know, the dynamic of who God is because God is good and God gives good things. Those do not change because of the circumstances. Those do not change because things happen that are just bad. There are things that happen that are bad sometimes. There are things that happen that are just not good. Read the Bible. There's a whole bunch of bad things in there. There's a whole bunch of things that happen that we would look into our minds and say, that is bad, but God is good. He loves us. He cares about us. 
He knows all that's there and, and the, the things that we talk about, the good things, sometimes those are the eternal things that we just don't have the mindset nor the ability or capability to ever see. God is good and it doesn't change because of the circumstances. We're invited to approach God in a manner of not just some distant deity. We're invited to, to approach God as a close and personal father. A close and personal father. That's how we're invited to approach him. And approach him in, in a persistent way. Approach him in a manner of, I'm going to continue to ask. I'm going to continue to seek. I'm going to continue to knock. Not as just, you're over there. Hey, if you don't mind. No. We're invited to, hey, dad, I love you. I'm dependent on you. I need you. I need you to do something in my life that I've tried. I've tried everything I know to try. I need you to, I need your help. I need your help. God, there's something going on that I just, I need some wisdom. I need some wisdom. I need you to help me make this decision. God, there's some things going on in my, in my, in my relationship that, man, I've been trying for a long time. I need your help. He's inviting us to a close personal relationship and if we trust the character of God we will persistently pray to God if we trust God we can trust in the character of God this goodness of God that we're talking about if we can trust in that we will persistently pray to him persistently pray and if we persistently pray to God we will grow in the character of Christ that's our purpose, is to glorify God and grow in Christ-likeness, to grow into Christ-likeness. So if we persistently pray, if we are persistent with our prayer life to ask, to seek, and not, we will grow in the character of Christ. God will begin to, to change our life. God will begin to change our mindset. God will begin to, to help us align ourselves with his will, that when things happen and they don't happen like we think it, that we understand that we trust God. That we trust that, that there's not a wind that's going to toss me to and fro. I'm, I'm going to stay steady. I'm going to stay firm. I trust you, God. I trust you. I understand you. I am with you. I, I align myself with your will. And we begin to put that thing to where we're just, nothing's going to, nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. I think I'm, I'm so, sometimes it hurts so much as, as, a, as a, you know, just a Christian uh, or maybe somebody that gets to work with people, and I get to see people, and I get to stand on a stage and talk to people all the time, and I get to do that, and I see people just moving back and forth. God didn't this. God, no. I just want to say, listen, just ask, seek, and knock. That's all. Just ask God. Seek after God. Knock. Ask, seek, knock. Just align yourself with the will of God. Don't allow things to move you back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Things are going to happen. There's going to be tough times that are going to happen. Things may not go your way. Things are not going to get answered the way you want to. Ask, seek, and knock. Be persistent in that and begin to align yourself with the will of God. And you're persistently praying so that you begin to grow in your Christ-likeness. That sounds like a lot, but it's, it's, it's simple, but it's a lot. And it's a pattern. It's a process. It's something that continues to happen. But it's the goal, to grow in our Christ-likeness. Look at lastly, look at verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. 
We talk about this Christ-likeness, and now we're talking about the golden rule. We switched and kind of in our thinking. Now we're talking about the golden rule, and we're talking about we've grown in Christ-likeness. Now we switch to the golden rule. This is who we are. This is who we are to become. This is the goal of our lives, to begin to be more and more like Christ, that we are to be more forgiving, that we are to be more loving, that we are to be more kind. These things begin to come because we have persistently prayed. We are persistently praying in our lives that we become more like Christ, and Christ is telling us to do unto others as you would have also do to them. Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He tells us that in chapter 5, verse 17. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets. He laid down his life for us. We, we celebrated that, that death and resurrection last week. And it's our job in this life to do the same. It's our job in this life to begin, again, this ask, seek, knock, to develop this, this lifestyle of prayer, this persistent prayer, and to become more and more like him, that we would get to this point that we would lay down our lives for others that we would lay down our lives for the kingdom of Christ, that we would lay down our lives for the sake of the call, that our lives would become a life of sacrifice to others around us. It all starts with prayer, that we pray and that we seek, we ask, we knock, and we become more and more like Christ. And then this idea of, and this, this, this teaching of do unto others as you would have others do unto you, this becomes part of who we are. It becomes a big part of who, who we are. And today we've got a, a group of people here in front of us. There are people online that are watching. And that you may be struggling in this area of prayer. This may be a tough area for you. That you, Maybe it's just it's, it's something that you're facing some challenges in this, in this house that it's just not coming the way you wanted. It's not coming the way you wanted. And you're facing, you're struggling inside. You're not, God, I know you. God, I, I love you. But I'm struggling. This, this isn't happening the way I wanted. This is, this, that's not what I asked for. And we, we're getting in this place of just this tough. Maybe you're, you're struggling with this dependence upon Christ that I don't want to depend. I can do it on my own. And you struggle just giving up. Maybe you struggle just giving up. You just struggle with that. Maybe you're not ready to give up that independence. And maybe that this trust is an issue. Maybe the idea of trusting in something and trusting someone. Maybe you've got some hurt in your past that you're just saying, listen, I, it's hard for me to trust. I'm struggling with it. As we close, I want to I pray for you. I want to pray for you. You know Christ, but yet you're struggling in this area. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, there are many people in this room right now that are that know you. They've asked you into their heart, their Lord and Savior of life. But Father, there's, there's times we just, we're struggling. We're struggling. We have a tough time reconciling things because we, maybe we don't trust. Maybe it's hard for us to give up our independence. Maybe there's, there's past issues. Maybe there's some hurts. Maybe there's some things out there. But Father, I pray that you would comfort them. Father, I pray right now you would comfort them. Help them to know your peace. Help them to know that you are a good father. That you are a good father who loves them. Who knows when to say yes. Who knows when to say no. Who knows when to say not yet, son, daughter. 
allow them to, to grab hold of that peace in their life. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're watching online. You say, man, you've, you've presented this gospel of a good father. And I haven't accepted him yet. Maybe you're, you're, you're watching or you're here and you say, you know what? I prayed a long time ago and this didn't happen this way. So I just, I'm through with it. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a beautiful way. Father, that the people that are here, they will understand that you are good. That you would touch their hearts. For those who want to make that decision today, it's as simple as a prayer. Father, I just ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and be more of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Today, I'm, sometimes I get, I'm a little passionate. Maybe I get a little elevated or maybe I move a little bit much because I'm just passionate about this moment of a time that we as believers, we struggle. We have some tough times. And God is giving us a simple answer, but yet when it's so simple, sometimes it is very difficult. It's very simple, but yet it's very difficult and we struggle. And in this life, we're going to have tough times. But I never want us, I want us to understand and I want us to grab hold of and I want us to plant our feet that we have a good father. We have a father that we can trust in. We have a father that we can, when we throw that boat anchor over and we start pulling towards it, we're pulling to something that's stable, that's firm, that knows what's good for us, that knows when to say yes, when to say no, and when to say not now. That he knows those things and we can trust him. We can depend on him today. If you're in this house and listen, you just need somebody to pray with you. Maybe you made that decision today. Maybe you, you just need somebody to pray with you. You're, you're struggling. We're going to be singing a song here in a minute, very simply, the goodness of God. And here's a moment we're going to have our prayer partners down here. They would love to pray with you. They would love to take a moment and pray with you. If you're online, northwood.church forward slash next steps, you can submit that next steps card there. Someone will be in touch with you as well. There's prayer requests that you can put up there. You can write prayer requests there here. But somebody will be able to pray with you. If, you want, if you're here in the house and you've made a decision or you need somebody to pray with you and you just want to pull out that next steps card right in the seat pocket in front of you. There's a place in the back of the auditorium. You can drop that off when you leave. But there's this, this time right here just this, again to turn our attention to God and commit to what God is teaching us today. Amen.